Ringer Films and HBO's Jagged is the next installment of the Music Box series, taking you to 1995 when a 21-year-old Alanis Morissette burst onto the music scene. With never-before-seen archival material and an in-depth interview with Alanis herself, Jagged explores her beginnings as a young Canadian pop star, the rocky path she faced navigating the male-dominated music industry, and the glass ceiling she shattered on her journey to becoming the international icon and empowered artist she is today. Watch or stream Jagged on HBO or HBO Max this Thursday, November 18th. Apple Card is the perfect cashback rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase, every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple, 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co forward slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA, Salt Lake City branch, subject to credit approval, terms apply. If you are thinking... I should go for a run today, but it looks like it could rain. Sierra says, save on epic rain jackets. If you're also thinking, but I can't go out in these beat up old running shoes. Sierra says, save on top brand running shoes. And if you're still thinking, but I'm also busy performing brain surgery. Well, then we say, you really should have led with that. Sierra, let's get moving to your local store. Like now, go. Prestige TV Podcast. My name is Bill Simmons. I'm here with Joe House taping this on a Monday morning after an old school Kirby Enthusiasm episode. I think Larry was like, what lines can we cross this week? And he crossed them. It was done as artfully as always on this show. And we had some surprises. And I think start to finish House, probably the best episode of the four so far, right? So, yes, definitely the best episode of the four because... It was the biggest. It was the most epic. The lines that were crossed were, by order of magnitude, two or three times more more powerful, more cringy, more awkward feeling. I had to watch it twice. The first time I watched it, I felt disoriented. Yeah. I really could not reconcile the conflicted uh, feelings of Larry's interaction with the Klansmen. It was just... It took a lot. I really, like, wasn't prepared for it. It was Sunday night, long day of football, and then Larry hits us over the head with an unbelievable Klansman relationship. Yeah, and, you know, I think this is the way he's dealing with all this stuff that's happened in the country the last two years. Like, last year he had the, or maybe it was a year and a half ago, the, the MAGA hat episode, right? Yes. And then this year it's... It's always like he's dealing with it on these human interactions and the elephant in the room is this thing that is usually polarizing and crazy and insane. And I I don't think he ever did it more elaborately than with the with this this Klansman farmer that I I guess like the stretch would be if you're Larry. You know, why would you why would you even be like, hey, sorry, I ruined your robe. But he's he just sees everything so black and white where it's just like, oh, I've offended this person. Oh, I've done this injustice to this person. I must fix it. And that's who the character's been for 21 years, right? Yes, yes. And that's that's precisely the point. Larry li- lives in a, in a single orbit. It's Larry's orbit. And so Larry's code, Larry's approach to the world is 
people come into his orbit, they've either curried favor with him, they've made a good impression on him, um, you know, they've had some kind of interaction with him where he's prepared to, you know, sort out uh, staying on the correct side of, of karma or on the other uh, side of things in Larry's orbit. Somebody has committed an, an offense, and there's many offenses in this show this week, beginning and ending with the pirate's booty, where yeah. if, if an offense has been committed, he has a hard time, you know, uh, letting it go and, 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 you know, justice must be served. Yeah, that's almost the point of the show is that all of the offenses to him have the same calibration. Like to, to him, the, the pirate's booty is just as egregious as anything else that happens, you know, in his orbit. And I think it, it, the show also kind of comes from the standpoint of everybody is a bad person, right? <laughs> so, well, and, so and, and, to, and on that point, like it, he says repeatedly all, all my life, I make, I always make the wrong decisions. My, my first instinct is always the wrong instinct. I have to trust my second instinct. Uh, and that's exactly right. Yeah. And I think the optometry exam is kind of the, uh, the proxy of this, right? He's just like one, two, I can't, I literally can't see the difference. One, two, three, four. No, give me four again. Give me three. Like he, he can't see the difference between the one and the two. I think that's why that was in there out of all the episodes. But the, uh, the you know, you think like, who are the other people on this show? Like, is Jeff a good person? <laughs> I, would say, I would say, like, absolutely not, right? Jeff is it's, definitely a two. Yeah, I mean, Jeff had an abortion extortion plot two episodes ago. Uh, is Susie a good person? Would you call her a good person? I think more than anybody else, Susie is the moral compass of the show, yes. <laughs> think about how crazy that is. That's right, yes. Right. Susie and Cheryl, the two of them. Yeah, and I think over and over again we've seen Larry's way of getting in to the real life stuff is through that orbit you mentioned where like the Don Jr. thing that was a recurring thing in the first two episodes. Like he has fun with the Don Jr. thing, but ultimately like you can kind of see through what he's trying to say. The biggest surprise on this show was we had Kaylee Cuoco. Yeah. I never know how to pronounce her name. I, I'm going to botch it as well. I, I've already botched the name of our of, of this week's producer. Our ring of producer, Stefan, I already messed up his name, so I don't, I don't wow, want to try Wow, you were names. reading on the Zoom. I was um, reading on the Zoom. The, Kaylee Cuoco, that's what I say. I don't know if that's right or not. Cuoco? God, uh, who knows? Who knows? Well, she's a great actress. I like that HBO show she was on. Yeah. I never Flight watched. Attended. Flight attendant. I remember she was pretty good on that John Ritter show, which I had seen a few episodes of, but um, she's always good. Yeah. And she was really good as the, uh, as the eye doctor and went toe-to-toe with Larry, which I loved. But um, I, I feel like she, there was a version of her because she she's played a lot of um, idiosyncratic kind of characters. Well, idiosyncratic is the wrong word. I just uh, I felt like we got a dose of of the real Kaylee, which is part of the charm with with everybody. Obviously, it's a highly stylized, highly hilarious version of all of of these cameos that come in. But there's a kernel of truth there. I mean, yeah. and we'll get to the Woody one. There's a kernel of truth that resonates that makes me appreciate it. I feel like we got a tiny bit of the, of the real Kaylee, Kaylee. Yeah, well, they take the purse, the real life person, they stick it up, right? Because they do yes. the same thing with Woody Harrelson, who was our well, other just guest. wonderful. Art. Kind of unbelievable. I'm pretty sure Woody's never been on this show before. I don't know what took 21 years, but uh, yeah, he, he, he was Woody Harrelson and 
It, well, I mean, it, the episode begins with him receiving an Oscar and doing the, the thing that has become a little cottage industry on these award shows of, you know, the yeah, actors are actors. Yes. Giving out, you know, the, the, the grandest of, of life advice uh, and, and, you know, trying to write all of society's wrongs in a single um, award show speech. And it's really brilliant the the way that that Jeff <laughs> and Larry are together, like looking at each other. You know, it's like all of us, the experience of all of us. So what a great way to start off the show. Yeah, and Larry says, "If if I win, I'll go." I'd like to thank the Academy. Don't allow babies in planes. Good night. <laughs> <laughs> I fucking love that so much. Good. That's Larry's cause is don't allow babies on planes. Well, great, he's got a cause. great cause, by the way. He's got I mean, a great and, cause. And look, you and I have both done it. We've both yes. brought babies on planes yes. and we've had the hatred stared through the back of our heads for an entire flight cross country. <laughs> and if I had to do it over again, I, I don't know if I would do it. Eh, it's I, hard. It's a tough one. Well, my whole thing is one of these airlines should just be the have baby flights. Where it's like oh. this is this is the fight you bring your baby on. Well, I mean, you know, the airline industry has a lot of uh, yeah. They have, so whatever, yeah, I guess they have more issues than that. So whatever point in time you think we get back to full capacity, maybe baby flight will uh, will catch. That's a half baked idea. You got to need to talk about that with Kevin Wilds. <laughs> baby airlines, baby airlines, like baby Kevin Delta. Wilds, you need to spitball this with Kevin Wilds. Yeah, like big, bigger, bigger seats to take account of the baby that you have to carry in the fight. Well, yeah, the baby, the baby there. seat, the, the baby seat, baby right? seat. You yeah. need to really like have it click in. You need click ins. I'll, I'm going to talk to wilds and see if baby Delta is a possibility for us. Um, <laughs> so the biggest surprise was Kelly Cuoco. Cuoco. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the five stories we were juggling on this episode, Larry decides he needs Woody Harrelson on his show. Young Larry. <laughs> it's just so funny. And, Woody comes over and there's some some cream shaming, which leads to Larry needs a cow to impress Woody Harrelson. So that's one piece. Second piece, Larry loses a bit playing golf with the rabbi. Now he has to go to Temple. Third piece, Leon has been hiding his love for watermelon, which we'll get into in a second. Um, and the watermelon becomes a recurring theme throughout the episode. Fourth piece, Larry going to the eye doctor and getting his eyes blurred. And then the fifth piece is this Kate rally side that I had no idea where they were going with. And then of course it ends up with Larry somehow making a connection, uh, with a terrible person named Joe, who, you know, is going to rear his ugly head at some point. Clansman uh, Joe. Clan Clansman <laughs> Joe. Clansman uh, Joe. So that's a lot. You, you talk a lot. about. Usually they have like maybe four these forty minute episodes. They have five, but there's a lot going on. Well, they're and, and they're they're big. They're big in scale. This is the thing. I want to take you down a forty five second rabbit hole, if you'll permit me to. Yeah. Why did you dislike episode three sufficiently for us to just you know go over it? What was it about episode three that made you you know because we didn't do a show last week on the on the mini bar. And, yeah. and and you didn't you didn't like it. It felt flat to you. Why is that? I thought it was too long. Okay. I thought it was. I thought. Uh, I thought it was a thirty minute episode stretched into forty minutes, and really only had one thing that I thought was smart and funny, which was the middle, the concept of the middle. Yeah, the the, and, the middle was so, terrific. Yeah, the whole concept of if you have like eight people, ten people at a dinner table, 
at some point, somebody's got to be Steve Nash in the middle of the dinner, kind of carrying it. Yes, yes. And I thought that was good. But for the most part, it just felt like we could skip that one. Okay. This, no, this I, one, well, this, this one is to me was unskippable. That's because, right. This is why I asked the question. Because, yeah. right, last week felt like we were just matriculating the ball down the field a little bit. We yeah. did get introduced to Freddie Funkhauser and, and yeah. the Mattress King, which is wonderful. And I'm so thrilled that well, we got ball, reintroduced. Yeah, reintroduced. Right, right, right. Yeah. He, but I'm, I just mean like um, him as a recurring yes. uh, guy in this season, it feels like, which is spectacular. Yeah. Uh, and a tiny cameo from Patton Walls, Oswalt, which is, which is fine, and hot dog eating. Yes. Just matriculating the ball down the field, though. This one had big stuff. Uh, to me, an abrupt departure from the first three episodes because of its ambition. Yeah, and the ambition was we're going to cross some lines and you guys are going to trust us. We're we're going to hit some themes that uh, maybe in 2021 are going to be a high degree of difficulty, but trust us because we, we have the best people. The watermelon stuff, I mean, that was some of Leon's funniest stuff that he's done on any season. The, it, the, it was just... I. I think Leon has been unbelievable this season. This has been my favorite JB Smooth season of all the seasons. It was an amazing acting performance by Leon. What yeah. an act, what an actor JB Smooth is. I really believed it was palpable how <laughs> conflicted he felt about his his relationship with Watermelon. Yeah, it really it really resonated. It, the scurrying away, the the Watermelon in the garbage can, him not making eye contact with Larry. Him trying, like, you know, what the fuck's going on with you? You know, trying <laughs> right. trying to, like, deflect and then immediately confessing his complicated relationship with, with Watermelon. <laughs> it, felt, it just was really uh, powerful to me. I don't know why. Yeah, I was actually, I was Googling it last night because I was so interested in how they came up with the story and who came up with it and how they decided to go there. And it was just, I don't think you can do it without J.B. Smoove. I was trying to think of other actors because you would have to have like four to five seasons of equity with the character, right? Yes, that's the key. Yes. You have to have a ton of equity with the show. This isn't something you could do in the first season of anything. But in this show, with all the all the stuff they've done, and they, and then they it really pays off with the grocery store scene later. When when Larry, what did he buy? Gavelta fish? Gavelta and, fish. And it becomes this like this this whole it's like a food stereotyping a, plot that I wasn't prepared for. This is what I mean. It knocked my block off a little bit. I felt a little because I didn't expect an epic grocery store <laughs> scene. I mean, it begins with the poor cashier, young lady, um, clearly right. a young lady just trying to make small talk. You know, what do you got <laughs> planned for later today? I'm going to get my leg <laughs> amputated. Oh, good luck with that, she says. It's so good. And then it we end up with with, with you know. Uh, a sermon. We end up with a, a you know, he, he 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 interfaces with other customers. He buys a watermelon for another African American uh, customer in the thing, and he really tries to normalize food stereotypes uh, in one fell swoop. It's I, I don't know how they pulled it off, and this show has pulled off. You think back to the first few seasons, they did an incest survivor episode. They did. You know, like the uh, the the Tourette chef who also wrote down a lottery number on his wrist and made Larry and Susie think he was a Holocaust survivor. Like you think like this show has crossed more lines 
than easily any show I think ever that's been popular. Yes. And they just have figured out over and over a way to pull that Palestinian chicken. Palestinian chicken's an all timer. We should do yeah. that on on you know one of the archive shows. The the uh, what was Hall the one that the terrorist. The terrorist plot where Larry's yes. only telling certain people that they should escape L.A. So they've gone there over and over again, all over the place. And uh, and this one was like an old school, you know, complicated theme that they were able to pay off. And, you know, it felt authentic to Leon. And it was just uh, it was really solid. Because, uh, they, it, it, yeah, really any one of the themes um, would, would have been enough to take on in in, in one show. Right. Right. Well, we also had the temple theme about how Larry hates going to temple and going into that whole world, which I know you love because Larry got to play golf. You love when Curb Your Enthusiasm is <laughs> on a golf course. That's when you're at your peak. And I really you got to watch a rabbi make a long putt. It was just perfect for you. I just want to say that that scene was absolutely pitch perfect. It is absolutely it's so apparent that Larry plays tons, tons, tons of golf, is a yeah. degenerate golfer and a degenerate gambler. That's how it sounds when you're on the, on a golf course on a green like that, talking shit to people and gambling for stuff that you think is absurd. I'll get a I'll get a breast implant and and right. I'll go to Temple. Yes. Well, the guy hits the putt, and what I loved about it was it was so golf authentic because the putt's like has gone two feet. It's like a thirty five foot putt. It's gone two feet. And you hear Larry go, "No, no!" <laughs> like he kind of knew immediately knew it was it. going in. It had a good roll on it. So I love that. I actually enjoyed the rabbi. I thought he was good. Great job we, by the rabbi. Then we have the eye doctor thing, which taps into, you know, I, you go to the eye doctor, right? Some uh, people don't go that often. It's been a while. It's been a while for me. Well, you have good eyes. Decent. I'm all, I'm only in readers now. I only need readers as a middle age. I have horrific eyesight, as you yeah. know. Yeah. You've seen me with my big Coke bottle glasses. So I have to go a lot. And I had, um, in 2016, when I hadn't gone in like a year or two and my eye, you get, when you get older, your eyesight actually starts getting better. Mm. And I started getting these huge headaches. It was when I was doing the HBO show, I was getting these huge headaches and I thought it was either stress or like a brain tumor. And I was like, literally couldn't see. And I was like, am I so stressed out? I can't see. And it was my eyesight had gotten better. My contacts were so strong. They were like frying my brain. Oh, wow. So, now I go, because I think when people have terrible eyesight, the eyesight can actually improve sometimes as you get older. Okay. It goes the other way. like it would, So I go every year. And the, the stuff they put in to dilate your pupils, like that's that's a real thing. Like I've tried to drive home a couple of times with that where I just shouldn't You're not shouldn't supposed have, to do that. Yeah, you're I know. Not, I'm like, it's oh, supposed to be a long time. You don't, it's not just a half hour. It's like hours. I had one time where they dilated my pupils and then I had to sit in the waiting room and I couldn't, I can't see anyway without my glasses, but especially it's all blurry. And I'm in the waiting room and sitting two seats away from me was Elgin Baylor, <laughs> who I knew because I had met a few like times. A, well, I would say you knew him. You murdered the poor guy about 500 no, he, times. We liked it. No, we like, we, he, we, he, we came around because I wrote that big you piece after peace. he got fired with, from peace. the Clippers. Okay. Good. I wrote, I was like the big Elgin advocate for okay, what, a, like good. an incredible player and what what this uh literally sounds like a, it could be it in a, like a one of the plot lines and curb yes so i knew him and he liked me because i had really pushed on like how important he was with the, in the 60s with black players stuff like that and i'm talking to him about basketball for 20 minutes with dilated pupils i can't see him <laughs> can't see him and he's waiting for an appointment so i was how like did I he, know. how did, did he recognize you and say hey Bill oh, yeah. Elgin? 
Yeah, no, it's like, hey, Alton, Bill Simmons. Oh, you, like, you hey, could see him. You? you could see him. Okay. Well, he's six. He's still six I, he's foot six. He's a giant six. man. That's yeah. right. That's right. I mean, the uh, same way Larry could see the pirate's booty. Right. Right. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so anyway, that resonated with me. And then, uh, and then they kind of, they didn't really go into the whole hate rally thing, but they had the comeuppance of Susie ends up, yeah, I'll make the guy a robe. And then I feel like they did go into it. You, you don't yeah, think yeah. They, went in, they went into it. <laughs> yeah, they well, did. I mean, honestly, the hate rally thing could have been the focal point of an entire episode. I'm this glad episode it was. one of five things. Yeah. It well, was Su- uncomfortable. Susie, well, Susie wins. Susie yes. ends up getting the guy in the end. Yeah. Uh, best scenes, the, the first scene with Leon where he's, throws away the watermelon and then they talk it out it was great. The Woody cream shaming. <laughs> Spectacular. I gotta say I've never been cream shamed. Have you? No, it's a ridiculous thing. It's a, it's completely made up, isn't I it? I really I love half and half. So I would I would take that really personally. Well, I do, that's somebody, a great point. You know, I drink my coffee black. I don't like stuff in it. So that that's probably yeah, I you would do. avoid cream shaming. If if I was gonna do anything, it wouldn't be dairy anyways. I'd do like oat milk or something. The grocery store scene was incredible. The the farm, I think, was my favorite scene just because the guy, it's going great with Woody. They're almost out of there. And then and then Joe the Klansman, they're talking about the apples, and he does the joke, I won't let the Jew charge you. And <laughs> Woody's like, does he talk to you? Does he talk to you like that? And Larry goes, I just call him a racist cocksucker. And they all laugh. Yeah. That whole scene was hilarious. Joe it was, loved I, it. Joe I actually, it. I actually think it was ad lib because I noticed this. I noticed this when I did the podcast with Larry nine years ago. When he actually really laughs, his jaw, his bottom jaw goes up and down. And oh. on the show, you never see him really laugh because when he's like really actually laughing, his bottom jaw just goes up and down, almost like a bobblehead. And I think they ad libbed that whole thing, and that really made him laugh. Was my <laughs> takeaway. Well, part of the thing that was complicated for me watching that episode, and I watched it twice, I watched it once last night and again this morning, is the relatability of of Joe. Joe going along with Larry on the joke, not the joke, on the on the ploy but to the, trick yeah, but Woody. This has been this has been the show for twenty one years. I know, like taking I'm these terrible characters you. and Larry somehow clicks with them on some it's, surface level. It's, it's very different from what the first three episodes contained. I just wasn't yeah. ready for it. I had to like it, it really had to hit my, my curb reset button. Well, I'll tell you, he's one Larry's one of the only people that actually gets comedy leeway with this stuff. I was trying to think like how many other people out there could even attempt to do an episode like this where people would just be mad at them immediately, you know? And with Larry, it's like, I, I think some people have just hit that point where they've just built the equity with the audience. You know, he, I don't remember any episode that he's done that really enraged people and caused like a huge backlash. Do you? No, no, no. You're, you're right. Kinda get, they get the it. show. Yeah. Right. If you're watching the show, then you know, what's going on you're it's it, you've talked about it a couple of times you're right that the show has built up a kind of equity a kind of trust where you know ultimately this character that we've known for 21 years is going to deliver some sideways take on on a crucially important kind of thing that you know it's it's satisfactory blowing the shofar in the masterful way that he did and waking up all of los angeles apparently <laughs> right. To the to the to the Klansman's attack, right? A perfect cherry on top. 
Yeah, I mean, ultimately it pays off because Klansman Joe is a lunatic who comes to his house and is going to kill him. And you don't leave that episode going, ah, I like Klansman Joe. I thought he had some good points. There's, that does not happen. No. The last scene, which was so funny, he rear ends somebody because he can't see in, it, in the driver ID. <laughs> you see the driver's ID and it's Mary Ferguson and it's that, oh, it's one of those, but you just know what he's going to do because you know Larry. It's so masterful. Great stuff. And of well, course, yeah. And of ahead. course, it gets screwed up because he brings Barry Ferguson back to his house and <laughs> JB Smoove is having what he calls a watermelon orgy. <laughs> and that was it. And Mary, <laughs> so now we've lost three Mary Fergusons. <laughs> I love that how quickly they dispense with the, the failed attempt to make the connection with this Mary Ferguson. Yeah, that's it. She, it was, she's she's gone. out immediately. And then, and then Larry's like, well, can I come have some? Leon's immediately, come come get some of this sweet meat. It just fucking killed me. Come get some of this sweet meat. And there's like five watermelons on the table. So funny bits, we have just like little bits that were clearly written in a notebook at some point. The Academy speeches, they hit that. Cream shaming. I don't even know if that's a thing. The optometry, what it's like when you're in the chair and they're asking you to pick between the numbers. I always... I always, my self-esteem always goes down in the optometry chair. I'm always Why? like, one, it's one, three, one, one four, did I make the, the right call? Did Just, I, I, I'm like doubting myself the whole time. I don't understand why. One looks better than the other, doesn't it? Usually, but sometimes I don't know if I made the right choice. I'm like, it's your like, choice. It's your eyes. There's I know, no right but answer. I don't know if I don't trust my eyes. <laughs> um, so you have that, you have the whole concept of dropping a morsel of food and yes. not picking it up. Which in Larry's world is like a more egregious sin than just about anything else we saw. In this equally egregious to being a member of the clan. We had the concept of a watermelon orgy and then we had the temple horn, which I was not familiar with, but uh, paid off in the end. He was able to pull off a beautiful temple horn. Ma masterful the, so far. At the perfect time. I thought uh, start to finish, this was the most old school curb that we've had. What is interesting to me, I agree absolutely with that assessment. The uh, theme of the the thread of the show has been, you know, the the young Larry, and we it was a perfect vehicle for Woody, but that was really it. No Maria Sophia in this one. Yeah, nothing. No, no heavy Hulu. That's another thing we got from episode three. That was a good time. Hulu and the Jewish guy. We, we, I want you to, we're going to have to revisit episode three. You We got stage four wisdom out of episode three. I really feel like you, you're not giving watch again. episode yeah, might, three enough credit. I might have given it a short shrift. But in any well, event, yes, I, I we're, we're in uh, alignment on this episode being, you know, a, a step above sort of where we've been. And that's not to, 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 to demean where we've been. I was thinking of uh, the actor who played Klansman Joe. Yes. Where the guy in real life and they're like, hey, I got a gig. Oh, you did curb? You got you got the curb? He's like, yeah. Yeah. So looks like I'm going to play a guy uh, named Klansman Joe. Like that's a tough, tough beat for that guy. Like out of all the parts you could have had. A, what about all the, but all the actors at the rally? Oh, man. We will not be replaced. They all have to like mi mimic that. They have to show yeah. up in the, in the Klansman the outfits. Like what the fuck? Larry. I, I don't Great know what hustle. goes on in that dude's brain. I think M MVP of the episode, I think JB Smooth wins again. I think wow. this is his, this is at least his second MVP of the first four episodes, right? Wow. I, it was a very strong Woody for me. 
I, I have to say, I, I love mm. the JB Smoove. I love the vulnerability of, of JB in this one. I love Leon's vulnerability with the watermelon and how he let Larry, you know, bring him to the to the store. And, you know, there, there was a tr- an arc to that whole thing. But I just felt like it was a powerhouse, a powerhouse Woody. What a career that guy's had, by the way. <laughs> I mean, you need to get was- him on the pod. He was on Cheers in like 1986. He's I mean, been Woody's been in our life for 35 years. Yep. And he's been in Oscar movies and classic sports movies. I think he's one of the best basketball players we've ever had in a sports movie. Um, just good stuff all the way around. All right. The prestige pod. We're coming back. I think there's gonna be some Yellowstone on the pod this week. I think we have two successions coming and we'll see what else. But uh House, this is a pleasure. This podcast was produced by Stefan Anderson. And I think we're doing five this week. So stay tuned. Don't forget about every single album as well. If you love pop culture, our guy, Nathan Hubbard, your co-host on Fairway Rolling, breaking down the, the for two hours, he broke down the Taylor Swift new album, 30 songs house. I hope you have time to radar. watch some golf. I mean, I watched Taylor Swift do a 10 minute song on Saturday Night live on, on Saturday. Yeah. She, that was the song. That's why, the song. She, she should really get over Jake Gyllenhaal. That's all I have to say. Yeah, fair point. We'll leave you on that note. We'll see you on the Prestige TV pod uh, tomorrow.